The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Two vs. Three. Uh, Cody. Hey, I'm Greg. It's been a while. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, we were Damn near a month. A plague ran through two versus three. Yeah, we all got disgustingly sick. All Greg's the same apparently time. already out. He's he's done. <laughs> yeah, he, he quits. But um, can do this again. no, yeah, I'm pretty sure it hit me first a few weeks ago, and then on the night of my birthday, Greg, you got fucking disgustingly sick, and yeah, then the, the next day, day ever, it I hit was, you. Yeah, it was it was over, and yeah, it was shit. Everybody here is fucking sick. Like all yeah. the people at my work. But that's not great podcast topic. So what the fuck else you guys been doing other than, you know, being sick? Well, over that time, I did a little trip to Toronto, hung out with our, one of our buddies, Alex, saw his band. Um, Writer of our theme song. Yeah, that, actually, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. What is the name he goes under for that? Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Something about being deaf. <laughs> Lip <think> reader. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh, um, while I was there, I basically went to the mecca of alternative comics in North America, which is the Beguiling. <laughs> the mecca. <laughs> Fucking right, man. It was a spiritual retreat and a half for me. <laughs> <laughs> I went in there with a list of books. Well, like I'll tell you, like I went in there at first with very high expectations and then took a little perusal around. And they've just changed locations and they have a fairly small store now. So I didn't see anything that I wanted. There was about one issue of yum, Yummy Fur on the Shelf, which I was, like, pumped to find. But I was expecting to find everything. Yeah. And I was like, well, shit. I went up to the cash and I was like, hey, man, I'm from out of town. I've got, like, a big list of comics here I'm looking to find. I thought you guys might have them. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, like, I, I don't know. Send us an email at this email address <laughs> and, like, we'll line something up for you. And I was like, are you sure, man? Like, And I pulled out the list and it was like almost 50 comics and he's like oh fuck give me a second man we can we'll, we'll find these for you <laughs> and he came back out about like 25 minutes later with this like mountain of comics for me and he went went through them all individually and like told me about when they were published and he, he gave me some uh, other stuff that i didn't even ask for which was pretty fucking awesome that's cool so yeah now i finished my joe matt's peep show collection now i've won to 14 all of them which feels really fucking good I've got um, over half of the Yummy Furs now and a lot of the Plugavilles, almost all of them. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, it was a good feeling, like, filling in those gaps in the comic collection. Yeah. You've been looking for a while, and, like, you're pretty much never going to find any more in Kingston. No, like, yeah. If if anyone in the Kingston area has those comics, I'd love to know about it. Yeah. Like, that does make it seem like an actual pilgrimage. Like, you know, you had to travel to a far land. To go to an actual like, <laughs> it wasn't that far. It was Toronto, <laughs> <laughs> two hours away. But it was uh, it was really a great experience because that place has a lot of cool original artwork up on the walls that like you can only see there, and the staff were great. Like they were very knowledgeable of everything that I'm into, like the drawn and quarterly indie comic scene. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and like I was on my way out the fucking door, and the guy's like, "Hey, man, hold on a second. And he like runs over to the bookshelf and like grabs something off the shelf. He's like. You should have this, man. Just, like, on the house. Like, I think you'd really like this. I was like, fuck yeah. And, like, they told me to send them my zines and stuff. They said they'd sell them there and shit. 
Ah, cool. <clears throat> That's pretty sweet. So yeah, the Beguiling in Toronto. If you're ever in the area, stop by. It's a fucking wicked comic shop. Cool. Well, Greg, what about you? What have you been doing? I've just been, you know, hanging out, just playing, playing stuff. Like, I finally beat Fallout 4. I mean, I almost like five years later. Like it almost is like a like I found it in Vault two, 80, two years later, 80 but something. I right. yeah. And uh, no, I finally beat it. It was pretty good. I like Connor was like a good good guy for the most part, like a good girl actually. I was I was a good girl through the game, but then at the end it's like fuck it and just decide to kill everybody, you know. And just, then just because well, it's good. Like I I did as much of the main quest as that I could I could do. Was like, your character godlike by the end of it? Seemingly so. Like I wasn't wearing armor. It was just like like you went for, with the sneak. Yeah, like, I, I did look up, like, a character design online, but just to streamline god mode. You know, like, I didn't have any mods or anything. Like, I just playing it on the, the PlayStation 4. And it, that's kind of almost a problem with those games, is, like, you play them until you reach, like, this level of god, and then it's... Then what? what's the point? And then it's kind of like, well, yeah, I guess, you know. It's like, oh, you could change the difficulty and try a different class, but then it's still just the same game, essentially. Yeah. But I feel like that's what a lot of people do with those games. Because it all like comes back down to like Dungeons and Dragons. Like how yeah. many people kept wanting to play the same game over but just as a different character. I, and that's the point of role playing. I yeah. when we were down at the the store this afternoon, I was I would have bought Skyrim if it was there. <laughs> I really feel like it's easier to do that kind of thing in Skyrim and in like Fallout three. But in Fallout Four, because every conversation basically is just like be a dick, don't be a dick. There's not like any anything else to it like in in skyrim you could always just walk around and be like i'm not gonna s- literally just remain silent yeah. through this whole thing and see what people freak out or if you play like an idiot like someone with low intelligence your dude talked like an idiot yeah no and the <laughs> fact that you can impact like the area around you and the people around you that's yeah. what you want out of an rpg like you want to pick sides you want to, and you want to, to befriend be- someone or make an enemy of the same person yeah, yeah. That, like that is one thing that I guess we'll say about the replay value is that unlike Skyrim, for example, or Fallout Three, where you can make a new character and or even kind of to keep the same character and just keep playing in that game, uh, this one here, once you close a door through a conversation, you almost want to make a new character just to to play that other side, exactly. right? Like my There's character a lot of endings in it. really just drew a line through fifty percent of all the factions, right? Where like I just immediately was enemies with all these people. Where I mean, I. I didn't even use power armor in that game. Like, there's a whole other game, I guess, right? That I guess that's the point. With, like the Brotherhood of Steel. Yeah, yeah, but that's like another thing. I guess like you're, you you can go back and play it more like a soldier. Run I, around. But I I don't think I would though. I don't know. Yeah. I think that uh, I I got on that boat a little late even, and I'm already kind of done with it now. Fair enough. Well, speaking of games, the three of us have started playing a game together, uh, Risk Legacy. Oh, yeah, I was just like, well, what, did you guys start playing that little game, too? Yeah, Yeah, no, a game Greg got me for my, for Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like, we just started playing it now, and it's fucking great. I will say, though, like, I mean, in, since Christmas, I've played more Risk this year than I've played in the last, every year combined. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes for, like, a fun board game experience, where, like, the, the way they have this Risk Legacy set up is it's more of, like, an RPG style game where every game affects the game after it. We're constantly changing the board, writing on the board. Kyle's fucking defacing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's a really fun version of Risk, for those of you that don't know, it, where um, the person that wins at the end of the game, they get to do something like name a city or uh, name a continent after themselves, giving them bonuses when they play after. 
our board is littered with some ridiculous names. Oh, yeah, very ridiculous. Like, uh, we've got Gotham on there in North America. We also have Sunnyvale from the Trailer Park Boys. Twin, Twin Peaks. Yeah, Twin Peaks. <laughs> Trumpton is in China. <laughs> I believe Iceland is the capital of Greenland. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. I'm, and... Like the it, the the game is presented like almost like a like a chest, and then there's like on sealed envelopes yeah. out there that are triggered by events that through where you're playing, and so you you can you, know, you get an opportunity to open up these sealed envelopes, that some encourage you to destroy cards, like others mani- manipulate the board. Yeah, and the game's constantly changing, which is very cool. So like by game five or six, for example, like if anybody else had a Risk Legacy board, their their board would look completely different than our board. Uh, it's a lot of fun yeah like i don't know for example like right now my main focus is taking north america every time because every time i've won i've been boosting and boosting and boosting this territory so it adds an, a sense where i don't have to do the same thing every time what what uh, but i'm what, making a strategy what uh, do they call that game that you have that marvel one uh legendary uh, no but like the type of game it's called like that is played uh, like a deck building game a deck, like it in a way the way that the the risk is pl- like played over time, like you're, in, it's not really a deck building game, but if you choose the same things over and over again, you can be stacking. Y- like Cody uh, yeah, is I know potentially more you- stacked than we are, based on like if he keeps choosing like to start in North America with the same with the same team. Exactly. Yeah, you want to be developing a strategy that works for you throughout the game. Yeah, it, uh, it's pretty cool that like you can get your ass kicked four times, but then like through that build up, like you're ultimate move kind of thing from well yeah uh, even play. the teams that lose get bonuses for losing you know that a guy that yeah. winning is getting a different set of perks it's a it's a lot of fun um you know it's like f- i think three to six players or five players encouraged and yeah what's nice is most games are less than an hour yeah which With is way shorter than regular game of risk or most board games in general you know yeah, yeah although i feel like we we kind of fight each other pretty quickly like where not everyone always does that you know like a lot of people <laughs> might want to build their army up well there's multiple more. ways to win too which is nice it's not just total domination in yeah. some ways we win every game as long as cody doesn't win. <laughs> yes well, but yeah you're not wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> well i'm still undefeated so I'm yeah, he's played twice <laughs> i won twice <laughs> it's undefeated <laughs> <laughs> you've been playing some new games Kyle? Yeah, I've been playing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, you've been uh, pulling your deck off about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Pe- peeling it right off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that? What did he say earlier? It's so good to peel your dick yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that good. It's pe- <laughs> it's peel your dick off good. Like you just don't know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I meant by that. I was drunk. But uh, it's yeah, I ca- I fuck. I played it all day today, man. It's one of the best games I've ever played yeah it's fantastic um yeah it's really cool to hear because like i i i was on the download like purchase button on the store and i was like uh 89.99 i'm not sure i'm feeling really cheap right now but um you've convinced me definitely um i I guess convince the audience because i'm like the way you you told me you definitely sold it to me well like it's just like uh i don't know For, for people who haven't seen anything it's like an open world rpg action rpg light on the like uh rpg stuff where there's not maybe like ten thousand different types of weapons and stuff like not like loot heavy or anything there's like you know your your set things and you can upgrade them to like three different tiers of each weapon kind of thing but um it's uh actually the writer from fallout new vegas is the lead writer for this so if you like like fallout style like conversations shit like that that's littered through this game so like awesome characters 
<clears throat> awesome writing, really cool world. You're running around fighting robot dinosaurs, which is, you know, no other game really is about fighting robot dinosaurs. Okay, is there like a monster hunting system similar to Final Fantasy in it? Uh, kinda. Because I, I want mean, that really bad. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> um, yeah, I would say there is. Like, it's not exactly like, um, well, I, yeah, it, it it's very similar to that now that I think about it. Like, the combat's completely different, but it's definitely like, well, that's fine. go out and kill a bunch of these specific types of things and, like, gr- gather trophies that's for cool. them and shit. Or, like, hey, these type of ones are, like, fucking up this campground is or whatever. Is there, like, resource gathering? Yeah, a lot of that and a lot of crafting. So you're like, like harvesting the parts from these. Yeah, exactly, and, shit. and then using them to trade for like different stuff, as well as like crafting arrows, different type of like elemental weapons and stuff like that. And like each dinosaur, like you kind of like scan. You call them. Di- you call them dinosaurs. Well, that's kind of what they are. They're like robot dinosaurs. Okay. Uh, they're they're machines. Like and that's all they call yeah. them. This, but like uh, each one has like weaknesses. So. You'll scan it and realize that, like, maybe, like, the breastplate on it is, like, use a ter- certain type of explosion to, like, blow that up and it, like, reveals a weak spot. Yeah. Or you, like, maybe one of them is, like, better to tie it down and, like, knock its tail off or something like that. And then, then you can use that as a gun to kill it or whatever. Like, each one has, so like, completely like different, different. Yeah, different strategies. Yeah, for, for like, approaching. And there's each probably, of these like, creatures. 20 different types of robot. So, like, each one has a different strategy. And then, like, later, Only the 20? further you get in. Yeah, but that's a lot when, like, there are invariants and, like, herds of them and stuff, like, where you're, like, you're fighting one type, but there's three other types around it, and there's, like, six of them. Yeah. There's a lot going on and a lot to consider, like, how to fight each one. <clears throat> and some of them get huge, like, like giant T-Rex-style Fuck yeah. things. And, like, you know, breathing fire and fucking shooting electricity, and there's some ones that fly and shit. Nice. Uh, and then, um, I don't know, the story's good and i guess the biggest selling thing is like this is probably the best looking video game i've ever played well yeah part of the reason like i bought into the hype was the whole idea of hideo kojima traveling the world to find <laughs> the best engine to, for to build the best video game ever yeah and him selecting what's the studio's name uh, gorilla games gorilla games engine and that like they the, yeah. they uh they presented it to him on like a golden usb drive or something <laughs> some stupid shit like that like, here you go but um I don't know, like, if you've seen some of, like, the test screens from, like, have you seen the room for Death Stranding where they were showing off basically how beautiful all the lighting and textures in that game are? No, I haven't seen There's anything like that. There's some gorgeous fucking effects that are going to go into that game. And I'm buying into a hype, just like everyone else, for a game that they haven't shown us fuck all. Yeah, We're but, buying into Hideo Kojima here. But you playing, That's like, enough, playing this and then thinking, like, what he could do with the, like this kind of open world, exactly. It'd be it's it could be. The well, best what was game nice ever, is he wasn't like, just he was stuck on the graphics where he wanted it to look that great, but I think the open world aspect was really important to how he wanted to design Death Stranding. Yeah, he. I, I read it or an interview uh, where he said like like someone asked him like Is Death Stranding going to be open world? And he was like, Nobody makes an open world game and goes back. Like you yeah. can't have that kind of freedom. Yeah. To create a world, like literally, and then g- have that taken away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so he was like pretty adamant about this. Everything thing. other than that would seem minimalist at that point. Yeah, it <laughs> would seem like a like a waste, you know, of like what he could make if he made him just do something really small and linear. That's I. It's what we were saying. Like, I you, we are getting the hype on on just the name. 
you know, like yeah, and that like thirty second trailer with the dead whales. Well, I mean, well, we were talking yeah. about <laughs> like, <laughs> two, about two the, trailers now. The new Metal Gear <laughs> game that just came out or is coming out. Uh, Metal Gear Survive. And I mean, anybody that I've spoken to that is a huge fan of the Metal Gear franchise is is almost appalled at the just even the concept of this game. So I mean, it's uh, almost just like just wait for whatever he's going to put out next. Yeah, then dude. There's no one that makes anything like him. You know? Oh yeah, no like, way. No, no, no games are like Metal Gear. Like they can be like stealth action games, but they're not. Well, the only the other person that really weird. comes to mind is like uh, I don't know what's his name, Guillermo del Toro. Toro, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Like they both <laughs> who is in his game. Yeah, who's going to be yeah, involved in this <laughs> game? And so, I mean, no, yeah. they, that's hype worthy. But okay, uh, I find with Hideo. Um, I n- back in the day, I never really understood how someone could direct a video game. Like, how that really... Like, it's not a movie. I never really mm-hmm. understood that. But w- when you see, like... On the, on the surface level, all of his games are just good, clever, strategy, puzzle, action games. You know? Like, if you... Metal Gear. Yeah. All, on the surface, they're just good action games. They, if they had no story, it would just be, like, a fun, like, strategy kind of game. But there's a deep very obscure strange world to all of his stories all of his games that no one could mimic it's like, his style, well, i mean like, you're using that as an example right would be some of the directing stuff like in the first metal gear game when when you're told to like put your controller on the ground you know like is that something that maybe he came up with and then yeah, got probably. a team to come up with how to do that or to make that happen you know like maybe he's literally coming up with how the game's going to play regardless of knowing how to make a game like that would be you know like a new thing to do at the time instead of just having a bunch of game developers develop a game have someone be like i really don't know how to make a game but this would be a really cool game yeah and this is like a strange world that we could just flavor up this cool action game like with this with this like kind of mentality like quentin tarantino is going to start making video games i i I feel like though he i feel like professional writers should be involved with video games more Oh yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, but but, uh, not professional, so but you know, mainstream writers or science fiction horror writers. Yeah, I feel like there should be more. A lot. Well, I think it happens now more than it used to, where games shop out their like writing to, like uh, they hire professional writers rather than ch- just do it themselves. You know, like a lot of games. I feel like before, like last generation, everybody was just writing their own thing, well, and like that's why stories and games really weren't that good. You used to be able to tell the story on just like the inside leaflet of, of the game, and no one actually cared what the what the, what or, the plot what the game what the plot of the game was, right? Well, like a lot of those times too, like those weren't even really the stories. Like yeah, in like, the case of like uh, Super Mario, <laughs> like people just that is the just story. some fucking people wrote that they didn't even play all the game, like they they made up some bullshit. Well, the the like story <laughs> for Super Mario in the book is that all the people in the Mushroom Kingdom got turned into bricks and yeah. Mario's just jumping around killing them. Yeah, exactly. Just getting all their pocket <laughs> Mario's change. Mario's a fucking yeah. monster, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, like, eventually someone asked, like, Miyamoto about it or whatever, and he was like, yeah, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. That's obviously not the fucking story. Like, Where'd you get that? And they're like, that's what it says in the English book. He's like, jeez. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, speaking of which, I just bought Super Mario World. Really pumped. I just fi- I just beat Donkey Kong Country 1. I I think that's the first Super Nintendo game I ever beat in my entire life. Which might sound a little depressing, but like I was young at the time and I never really started beating games to like N64, you know? 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a Super Nintendo as a kid. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. But I had a Sega, yeah. and uh, I I don't think I ever beat any of those no, games. Like, they were hard. Unless it had it. It was hard mode. as an adult to fucking beat it. I'll tell oh, you yeah. that right now. It actually probably would have been easier as a kid. You had time and focus. <laughs> <laughs> now you you're drunk when you're playing it. But no, it was a great <laughs> accomplishment. And I figured out that the percentage in the game doesn't actually add up to 100% when you beat it. I beat it. It was only like 43. That's most games. Yeah, but I bet yeah. you that also goes up to like 110 or something. Yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> like something I'm pretty sure it goes like to 101, that. actually. Yeah, something really dumb, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm back on the on the Super Nintendo. Um, I just got Inside, uh, oh, the game yeah. you were telling us about a while ago that I apparently don't didn't remember that you told us about <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, that's all right. I, I believe what I said was like we, we were supposed to make a pact. I think we did at the end of an episode where it's like we'll all play Inside before the end of the year because I'd heard it was so good. So we could talk about it for like game of the year or something. It's yeah, fucking that no one played it. Really <laughs> yeah, man, it's fucking phenomenal. It's super minimalist. There's not a other than the title. There's no words on the screen. There's no voices. There's no talking, and it's really unique puzzle solving. Um, some very similar to Unravel, the game I was really into about a year yeah. ago. Um, just where um, you're controlling inanimate bodies in really creepy fucking ways to get your physical self farther in the level mm. there's a lot of swimming that i feel super uncomfortable every time i do it yeah um, I, I've, I've played their their previous game limbo yeah and that game's unnerving like every everything you do in that feels threatening like you're you're <laughs> or you feel threatened i guess yeah, uh, no, I don't, I'm I not threatening but like yeah, you, you're constantly scared, but not even you don't even know why most of the time. It's super unforgiving, but what's nice is like the reloads are instant. So if you're doing something in the game, you have to do it perfectly. Like if you're running away from dogs, you have to do it perfectly or the dogs fucking eat you and it's brutal. But if you die instantly, you like you're constantly teaching yourself how to beat this game. So it's just and like that's what I respawn. really like about puzzle games that don't explain anything to you like figure it out dummy yeah that's cool um <clears throat> you guys been watching any of the stuff for the nintendo switch um i watched game? like a live stream of the new zelda game yeah it looked pretty cool <laughs> we basically watched a live stream of the new zelda <laughs> no, game we just watched someone play it forever yeah <laughs> justin was hard he's pretty far in it too i kind of was a little upset that i saw as much as i did because i kind of want to keep the mystery before i play it you know i don't want to know too much <coughs> but it looks really good. Yeah, like, I'm not going to buy one, though, just for one game. Yeah. You don't have a Wii? Or a Wii U? No. No. Um, you do, though, right, huh? Yeah, I do. Uh, <coughs> I haven't decided yet whether or not I'm going to play it on that or, or wait and get a Switch. Because I feel like if I do get a Switch, I don't want to get it and then not have Zelda to play on it. You know, that's the only fucking game on it. It's completely pointless Why to buy it. Why would you not then. have it? Because if I played it on Wii U, you know, oh. like if I do that now and then there's nothing to play. Well, on you said Switch. there's a deal right now where you can trade in your DS and your Wii U. Yeah, and hopefully get a Switch out of that. I'm waiting to see. I, I haven't decided yet. Trade in for the newer model. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, it kind of makes the other two pointless, right? If, if everything comes out for a Switch from now on, yeah. I don't really need a 3DS or a, a Wii U. <clears throat> but I don't know. It looks cool. Zelda. Plus, if you don't get the Switch, again, we can't go down to the baseball Basketball, oh, basketball court. court and play basketball. Yeah, <laughs> like play the game. At yeah, the basketball like that, court. that was in the trailer yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, but uh, <coughs> the one thing I, I read uh, right before I came here to do this was uh, it Breath of the Wild has more perfect score reviews than any game in history. Well, they threw, like, I saw this one ad for it, and there was about, like, 25 10 out of 10s on the screen. I was like, okay, let's see where these sources are, actually, like, what these sources are. And it was, like, Nintendo Gamer, IGN, like, all these fucking, like, top-end, like, game, 10 out of 10, yeah. everyone. So, it's like, fuck, but, I you mean, can't deny that. We're in an era right now where, I mean, everybody who grew up playing Zelda, you think it's like, nostalgia? You know, yeah, it's, like, huge yeah. nostalgia. <laughs> like, I mean, I didn't really play the game all that much, and to me, it didn't really seem like anything special. Like, it just seemed like, like just a game, you know, where... Yeah. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't have been dropping 10 out of 10s just... Because it's, you haven't played it yet. but at the same time, like I could see where I mean, I would immediately drop ten out of ten on on like a Star Wars game before I played it. It could be the perfect <laughs> game. Yeah, like I mean, that's that's what the hype is. I don't know if it'll end up being that, but <clears throat> it's definitely definitely seems cool and people love it. I but I, I get what Greg was saying though about it. it the Zelda name does make it like kind of get a lot of tens right away. Like the last Zelda, remember. Skyward Sword, got ten out of tens too like <coughs> a lot of them and i don't think that game's very good yeah everyone just wants another ocarina of time or at least what the magic of ocarina of time was yeah. or like for people that are older like the first zelda which from like, what i understand this is the most related to the very first are you, yeah like are they are they rating what is as a perfect game or as a perfect zelda game you know where <laughs> you know what i mean where people are just like oh it has everything i ever wanted in a zelda game yeah. but when you compare it to other games it's the exact same or you know, inferior in some ways, but it's just the perfect, I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see how it compares to Horizon because they're pretty similar. Or at least it seemed from what I've watched or played of Horizon and then watched of Zelda. It's definitely like, play an open world RPG, run around, do whatever you want. But, you know, <laughs> one looks like awesome because it looks like Zelda and it's all stylized and the other one looks like a movie. So who knows? <laughs> Could be cool. The one thing to give props <coughs> to Horizon is that it is speaking of like a franchise and a name is it's a brand new standalone name franchise correct yeah it's the first first game you know that's uh, a pretty big feat yeah fuck yeah original games like the james cameron games rare. yeah especially ones that are like not just like an, a new na like title but like a, a new idea for games i think like they haven't really done that kind of like sci-fi world like sci-fi's done to death but th they did it like a different take on it you know so i don't know it's worth checking out anyway uh we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back Hey, this is Craig Wade and Brian Allen Delaney from B-Movies and Ebooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday, or you can watch us live on Blab.im Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. B-Movies and Ebooks. We bleed fiction. And we're back. Um, <laughs> that was a little premature. But well, I didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He was just waving his arms. I was doing a drum roll. Well, well, yeah, nah, I couldn't you, tell. You just went, looked like you were doing chip things nah, with your hands. It's, <laughs> it's usually you do like the, the Nick Cage, like the, the Gone in 60 oh, Seconds. Oh, the Gone in 60 Seconds. Just switch yeah. it up. Yeah. 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 It kind of well. threw me off, too, actually. Now I'm sorry for yelling at you, Kyle. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so um, did you guys hear about Ryan Gosling? <laughs> 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 Go on. <laughs> like, have you heard of him? I've heard. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's 
do you think he's going to ruin one of your favorite comics? Or no, is he do a I good think um, the news about Ryan Gosling <laughs> wanting to make the underwater welder a comic, I mean, a movie, yeah, is fucking great news. Because he's been in... I, first off, I hope that he is starring in it. I, well, he's that would dad. be good, yeah. Well, because the main character is his age. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's a very quiet comic. I kind of pictured him as, him as, as the dad. No. And, like, the flashback. Gr- uh, it's the guy grown up. Okay. Well, that's what you think. Oh, that's what anyway, I We don't know, yeah. Um, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, Drive was a, one of my favorite movies. He was almost silent the entire time. And that's what this story is like. There's not even inner monologue in the story. It's just, like, character walking around, taking things in. No, it would look really good. And, uh... It would be like a, like an artsy film. It would be it would be good. I has has Ryan Gosling produced anything before? I'm pretty sure that, like people should know what we're talking about. But right. Underwater Welder by Jeff Lemire. <laughs> yeah, one That's of like our a, favorite graphic novels. A, like a contained graphic novel. You know, like I think it would have been like five or six issues if it was. No, it, it was a graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, also I mean though, like the length wise, like it's it's not uh, not super long. But um, <clears throat> like, has Ryan Gosling produced anything before? I wonder. Probably. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And all just because that he's like acquired the rights through whatever company or whoever he acquired the rights through. I mean, I'm pretty sure Descender got picked up for a movie and I mean there hasn't even been a whisper for anything for that and I'm every single movie that Mark Miller puts or book comic that Mark Miller puts out gets picked up for a movie that I mean, it doesn't mean that anything's no, going to happen with like this, the right? Deal, like just because a mo- like a script is getting optioned doesn't mean it's going to yeah. become a movie. A lot of uh, studios just like to pick up the rights to these stories for when the time is right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's like, it's pretty unlikely that, in fairness, that it ever does go any further. <laughs> the, but, but I mean, it's still cool to think the about. The flip side, though, is that right now Jeff Lemire's name is worth a lot. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, especially here in Canada, especially like with, with him partnering up with uh, Gord Downey for like their last project. I mean, Jeff Lemire got even more exposure than yeah than like, he normally would have and and not just being as like a comic book artist but as like a, you know a canadian artist so he's definitely gotten become more of a mainstream name like through that yeah <coughs> what if i was it, oh sorry go ahead. i was gonna say like if this is filmed properly and if they literally just use the graphic novel as the storyboards for the film which yeah. they should fucking do because the length of the graphic novel is perfect for yeah, a movie probably, if you were yeah. to storyboard it. It's fucking perfect. Um, it'll be great. Um, one of my biggest issues ever is when comics are reproduced on film or television. Yeah, and they always <laughs> change it. And yeah. They always change it because, oh, it didn't quite work for uh, for TV or television or, yeah. or film. Somebody wants to add their own vision That's bullshit. to it. You know? it's, no, yeah. just show, show the fans what they want to see which is a visual like a a moving reproduction of one of their favorite stories which i think the underwater welder could easily be done well with something like the underwater welder is i would imagine that as being as good as a a book as it is that not a lot of people have read it and so the there would be very little point in altering any of the story because yeah because no one's seen it or read no one's read it and that'll like if it does well it'll skyrocket the sales of all of his fucking books yeah um speaking of which last night me and kyle were talking about this very topic and i asked kyle if he felt that jeff lemire might turn into mark miller Hmm. i i hope not that was my fear like i said that did we go back on podcasts one of the the things that i said was 
the imagery for Descender is uh, is really void of a lot of description in the background. And that was in one of the first things that Jeff Lemire did that got picked up for a movie. And I said I was hoping that Descender wasn't left blank so that some director could fill in the background. Yeah, Do you know no. what I mean? Like, I, I, I agree. Like, I don't want to see Mark or Jeff Lemire turn into a Mark Miller. But in, in the same in the same way, though, like, I want to support as many Canadian projects as I possibly can. And I but mean, you, also, you can't deny that professionally, he's almost taking the exact same route. It's looking like the same thing. It is, but then I mean, we all we were just talking about Jeff Lemire's contract with Marvel is running up, and instead of renewing it, he's going to stick to just doing all indie stuff. So I mean, I don't know how that. In a way, is it the same thing? I, I that is kind of what Miller did. That is what Miller did, but I mean, Miller wasn't trying to sell indie books. You know, he was Kickass is one of his biggest staples. But I think man. that he wanted those Miller to be, World. He wants those yeah. to. He wants that to replace a Marvel. You know, he doesn't want that to be an indie book. There are different styles of books. I think is the thing. They're both indie books, but one yeah, is, I mean, is I a know. superhero I, kind of thing. I am he, just picking and choosing. Uh, right I'm now. definitely yeah. playing devil's advocate yeah, right yeah, now yeah. because I do love Jeff Lemire's minimalist indie style. But I just like I don't want to see him caught with his head in the clouds. No, I agree. I, and I don't want to see him start writing comics because. Like you were saying with Descender or something, like because he wants it to become a movie, which is what Miller started doing, and it got really, like I I'm sick. I don't want to ever see him have a forward going like, oh yeah, I came up with a fucking title of this, and it got optioned by Sony. Like, <laughs> so go fuck yourself. I don't no, want that. I, like, I, if especially seems like I don't know, like Royal City just came out and it's beautiful. It's everything that we love about Jeff Lemire and more, but then at the end of it, he does like a little letter to the audience and. At no point do you get the this that this is a man who's self. I don't even know, like got his head in the clouds, like you were saying. You know, yeah, Yeah, he seems like he's still afraid to put pen to paper, ink down. You know, he's still like skittish and shy after being humble. Yeah, exactly. Very humble. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think that we put our our chips, you know. In, the, in a good pile, like I think betting on Jeff is is all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I think it's it's a different. There's similarities to a career path like between him and Miller, but I, they're different people. Mark Miller was just a kind of a dick. And to be honest, <laughs> so, man, like, I, I think that now that we're getting to a point where I can like almost look back and be like, oh, I got to reword now what what I don't like about what Mark Miller's approach was, which was yeah, what you're saying, Kyle is coming up with a title that you have no fucking story for at all and selling that and then deciding to write a comic about it you know that's a different approach i mean to be honest make fucking movies out of every comic i don't have to watch the movie but don't write a comic to make a movie that i think is is what i I, i'm getting pissed off about you know when the writer's strike was happening and everyone was buying comic scripts i mean it made sense then i mean i get it there was a time in a period where, where comic scripts were worth a lot of money to 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 film developers and shit but now write either become a fucking like write scripts for film or write comic books, and if they're good enough, someone might option it for a movie. But don't write a comic book to to make a movie. Like that's yeah. just stupid as fuck. Um, <clears throat> the one thing I did want to see for it, what you guys, if they, for Underwater Welder, is there like a director that you'd love to see get attached to this thing? It'd be really cool to see fucking Jeff Amir and Ryan Gosling just do this project. Yeah. You think like Gosling direct it? With working, working with Jeff Lemire, absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. he's been in the industry so long. They could yeah, just they could the true. two of them. They, it's the movie wouldn't cost a lot of money to make. Nope. They go fucking step out west or out east. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I want them to film it in Nova Scotia. It could be easy peasy to film it out there. It would be like the cost of a hotel basically, and the two of them <laughs> would just hang out with a camera. Yeah, that's man. what I mean. It would be a beautiful like art film that would just showcase like you know the east coast of Canada and tell like a really 
I don't want to say supernatural story, but I, like a psychological story for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, that seems like a pretty good idea. Then. Well, like you very casually brought up earlier, Royal City, but I feel like we should definitely talk about that. His newest ongoing series through Image Comics. Well, like I was, it captures everything that I love about Jeff Lemire. You know, uh, uh, the story about young kids, old par- old people, uh, family fighting, small towns, just struggling with every day, but yet at the same time adding this air of like a supernatural mystery that for all you know is as just as supernatural as losing someone you love and actually is nothing at all, right? What's a ghost if not just a memory? Uh, it's really fucking just beautiful, yeah, man. Well, no, that was a really good way of putting it. Like, I don't want to spoil the comic. I don't know. Like, Cody, yeah, I, I read fresh, it uh, right? like maybe a couple of days or a day before Cody, and he asked me, like, oh, well, what, give me the rundown. I said, yeah. You know, I'd rather not, actually. I... Go in blind because I even though I don't even really want to say this, but very Jeff happy. all but says that it's hard for him to describe the story to just read it. And if you like Jeff Lemire, then you're gonna fucking love this. And I mean, don't like you like oh reading Old Man Logan or something like that. I mean, like you love Jeff. This is Lemire. more like Underwater Welder or Essex, or County, Essex County, County. Yeah, you know this. Well, is- no, because in his afterward that he wrote up at the end of this issue. He kept relating it to being like, I want to go back to doing stuff like Essex County, and this is what that is. That's but funny. I got major underwater welder vibes. Oh, for sure, I did. I did as well. I think he just chose his words like you know Essex County. His roots. Is everybody knows Essex County? People aren't familiar with underwater welder. In my opinion, like I, I think underwater welder is actually my favorite Jeff Lemire. It's uh, probably it, it me caught too. me off guard. I didn't know what I was getting into. And it just... It was the first thing I read. You can read it in one sitting. I'm, like, fucking talking with my hands right now. Like, I'm getting all... Like, <laughs> like I want to do an essay on Yeah, I really here. actually... I want to go back and reread both those. I haven't read them in a while. I got to break I up don't my have old have iPad. County. I do. I have them both on my iPad. I want to get the, the originals. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be cool. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, Royal City... So, it's so hard to sell this book without spoiling it, but it had me turning pages. Because yeah. while reading it, I constantly thought he was fucking up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought he was screwing up the dialogue. Uh, like little things like a woman referring to how many children she has. And and like I, I would get to certain p- parts in the book. I'd be like, there's no, there's not that many kids. Like, like what's going on here? Jeff didn't, as if he screwed that up in issue one. That's really fucking weird. <laughs> and then you keep going. And you're like, oh God. Like what the, what the fuck's going on? Wh- what's happening here? <laughs> oh, Jeff, you son of a bitch. You got me again. <laughs> so I guess without spoiling, it's, it's, it's a read, man, you guys. Oh, yeah, and it's going to be ongoing. It was not, the first issue is like 50 fucking pages or something like that. Yeah, I it's think a, I might actually have to head to the store and pick this I, one up. Um, 299. Just, just I, speaking good of deal. Jeff Lemire and what I got, what I did this week was uh, I got some balling-ass presents is what I did this week. Uh, <laughs> Cody always seems to get me the greatest fucking presents. I think last year I mentioned I got like a pretty awesome demon hunting kit. <laughs> that, I mean, he must look like a madman assembly. <laughs> Which was funny because... A part of that, like, I put that kid in a really awkward, like, bag. It looks kind of like a danger. Like, if you left it on the next to a bus stop, bomb bomb squad will come looking for but, it. <laughs> but we saw, like, a demon hunter on some reality show not yeah, too long. It's like a pretty fucking, it was like the exact same choice. fucking bag. <laughs> so, uh, but, but uh, this year, Cody got me, um, uh, like, an, a, a page out of AD, the Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire book. It's, like, written by Scott Snyder, drawn by Jeff Lemire. So it's like a. I don't know, like an ink watercolor painting yeah, of Hank Williams. Yeah, original watercolor and ink, yeah. 
That's pretty it's awesome. It's pretty. It is pretty. Yeah, amazing. the fact that fucking Jeff Lemire did a Hank Williams is pretty awesome. Yeah, it that is. seems like a, a Greg you, type thing. Growing up in a <laughs> in a small town, I imagine you just listen to Hank Williams. No matter where that small town is, if it's in <laughs> North America, that small town is quite familiar with Hank Williams. Yeah, man. So now we got like two Jeff Lemire originals up you, in the living room. Um, and then as like a a gift for to me, like because my comic shop gives me gifts, so I spend so much fucking money there. <laughs> um Adam got me a uh like a pamphlet sample of Royal City autographed by Jeff Lemire. Yeah, like the preview. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Shit. I was I was like a neat surprise. I went down to the comic shop and I'm like, "Oh, I already got my polis today." And they were like, "Oh, no, there's something else in here." And uh it was like I didn't even know what to say except thank you, but it was it was beautiful. Cool. I love me pissed. some Jeff Lemire. <laughs> a little jealous. Yeah, a little jealous. <laughs> there is Jeff Lemire art and signatures just everywhere around in our apartment. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Like our living room's covered in his uh, prints and shit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fair it's to say you guys are fans. We're fans, man. <laughs> well, we fucked up. Here's like a little. Here's a segue. Yeah. Well, we fucked. Up. I fucked up. I guess I don't want to collect. I mean, I had uh, read that if I'd purchased a movie ticket to see Logan through this app that I. I had a hate on for <laughs> and I changed my opinion of because they had said if I purchased a movie ticket through this this phone app that I would be getting a one of six mini movie posters to Logan one of which was done up by Jeff Lemire apparently it was IMAX only so I'm at the theater like an idiot looking for a poster that wasn't for me but how's that for a segue and uh, how did what do you think well, of why'd, Logan? You, why'd you have to fucking bring it up man no, I just did you were doing such a fucking good job and then you had to bring up. No, I just like segue. Reference the segue. No, I, just, I like it. I like no, it. Oh, you never referenced the segue. No, I liked it because you were killing it. No, I, I know. Like, Good job, Greg. I know. It's a. And then you spoiled it. I was for, <laughs> I was for Kyle. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Logan yet, but how was it, guys? Um, <clears throat> it was good. I I I had fun. There's a lot of. There's some parts I didn't like about it. Wasn't like is perfect. Johnny Cash playing the entire movie? No, not even at all. Just <laughs> just when the credits roll. Oh yeah. Yeah. What I will say though, the best part of it, ah, fuck. I guess I don't want to spoil it for you because the best part, well, you've probably seen it online already, is the teaser for another movie at the start. Did the you Deadpool. Hear about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So was, it, it opens on that, and it's a it's a big surprise. Or was then. It's like no a really funny it. trailer. <laughs> yeah. Or teaser, or whatever the fuck yeah. you want to call it. And like when you're just you're not expecting a funny movie at all, and it opens with that. It was a pretty good. Uh, but in, all in all, I don't know. It was um, it was a pretty good send off, I think, for like X Men. You know, because it won't be the same after that. Like he, he, like Hugh Jackman won't be Wolverine. Patrick Stewart well, will never be. Stop. No, this was much better. Well, they, they, yeah. What's much better than stopping? Well, ending. Redoing it? No, I just don't. I don't know. Well, we don't know if they'll necessarily redo it. Well, yet. no, that's Probably. what I'm saying. So stop here. Yeah. Well, like I don't stop know. on a high note. I would. I'd be. Fi- I. I want them to get to do X Men with like Marvel do it. Well, they should do a comeback by finishing um, the Avengers timeline, and then doing Avengers versus X Men. Yeah, something along those lines. I read that. I read that comic series, and it, it was decent. It was. It felt epic. Yeah, that would be a cool way for them to do it. But anyway, for Logan, uh, I guess no, no spoilers. Pretty fresh movie, and you haven't seen it. But uh, I don't know. Like, uh, pretty fucking brutal like definitely earns its r rating oh yeah definitely it, it was <laughs> like, more savage than deadpool was yeah like, like obviously not as crass or like 
the humor <laughs> part wasn't the thing. Yeah, no, that's kind of what made Deadpool rated our movie was like I think the humor more so than yeah, like than he's anything talking else. about beating off with this tiny baby hand and stuff. Like that's gonna earn you an R rating. But, but Logan <laughs> was uh, like it was squeamishly gory. Yeah, well, that's points. good, man. He's got fucking knives. It on was. His <laughs> yeah. Well, so after watching, I, I mean, yeah, Logan was good. There's uh, a couple of problems that I have with the film, but. As a whole, really get into it without as spoilers. a whole though, it's a good movie, and yeah, it does wrap up a series like just. That. I've been told it's a very simple story. Yeah, it is. It's really just a, like, um, like a road trip. Is it like The Last of Us? It is. It is a lot like The Last of Us. Yeah, because yeah. that's what the trailer looked like. Yeah, it's like obviously it's not like there's no apocalypse, but they're like, trying to get away. Fr- they're trying to get but, away from something bad. Yeah, and it's like a an older guy and a little girl. Like, so. That's um, similar in that sense. I just rewatched Stranger Things, and I will say that X twenty three is way more badass than Eleven. Is it the same girl? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why? I was gonna say why? No. Why no just like just two badass like little girls I guess that would uh, fuck, yeah. that, that really would fuck don't shit do up. Any talking either. Yeah. No. X twenty three. She probably could have definitely done that role though. Um, the fights, the yeah. fighting styles of X twenty three remind me of John Wick. The, I was uh, yeah oh, for sure, and I was surprised that they could get a girl like a little girl to do all this stuff and it not be inappropriate like she's doing a lot of murder in this oh yeah like in it she's pretty young she's to terrifying. be like graphically murdering these people that actress probably had to have yeah some but psychological like on the set doing all that cg shit it's probably fun as hell for her yeah, yeah. it's just running yeah. around and yeah. punching people i guess yeah, yeah. Being a movie, the blood yeah, doesn't nothing. actually come flying yeah. out of them you can't watch the movie and, 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 yeah, and after afterwards. Afterwards. <laughs> and after she can watch it and be like yeah this isn't real like you know, i was yeah. there well they probably but i wonder if if she actually does get to watch it, like if, I, if someone, man, it'll be up to her parents, right? I've always like, is that the age old debate for ignorant motherfuckers? Like, do kids get to watch rated R movies that they're in? But I'm pretty fucking <laughs> sure they are. Well, they, they, <laughs> could, they could watch it. They yeah, go to crazy I mean. coke parties afterwards. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. She was good though. Oh, uh, Hugh Jackman, obviously awesome. Patrick Stewart, amazing. Yeah, no, everyone was... See, even Stephen Merchant, I didn't know how I was going to feel. Oh, yeah, he's in him. that, eh? Yeah, he was he great. a pretty good job. Yeah. What does he play? I can't remember the dude's name. Caliban. Caliban. Is it like a random guy, not a hero? No, uh, he's, he's, an, he's, he's a He's like mutant. a random mutant. He's a mutant? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's in uh, other X-Men movies. Oh, really? Yeah, who is he? Caliban's in um, Age of... Or Age of... He's in Apocalypse. Oh, yeah? I don't remember. He was like the other white powdered looking motherfucker. He's mm-hmm. hanging out with Psylocke. And, uh, okay. uh, oh yeah! Apocalypse shows up. And, yeah, like, yeah, totally just remember. Takes now. Psylocke and like tells Caliban to fuck off. Yeah, it's the dude that plays like Zaz in. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think it might be that dude. It's a completely different type of character, but He's so random. <laughs> Stephen Merchant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, a really, really weird. Like, Portal, X Men. Yeah. And Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah, he's all over the place. He's I don't know. He's funny though. He's not really funny in this role. It's not his thing. He's more creepy because yeah. he's albino and looks weird as fuck. Can't handle the sun too well. Yeah. How do you think that feels getting cast for a role because you're a weird fucking motherfucker? <laughs> it's got to be kind of strange, <laughs> right? Because yeah, you know. know it's like the casting call goes out for like gangly, ugly yeah. fuck. And it like, it, it like, has me. to say that on paper somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's a, who are you going to play? Ugly guy one. Yeah. That's all right. Well, no, going that, out for that. That, <laughs> that goes to your manager and your manager is just like, uh, yeah, I got a roll yeah, of a lifetime. Yeah, you know, and he's like, like hey, do you want money or like do you want your dignity? Yeah. Like people <laughs> just must not care, right? No, it's funny. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, I'd say go see Logan. Pick oh, up. Yeah, uh, for sure. Pick up, um, 
Oh, sorry, I've already forgot the name of the new comic. What was it? Royal fucking city. Royal city. Yeah. <coughs> and play Horizon and Inside. That's the, the <laughs> that's all the stuff this week. And uh, go to the beguiling. Oh yeah. So uh, you should also go to bmoviesandebooks.com and check out the other podcasts there and all the reviews and write ups and articles and all the other stuff they do there. Um, you should go to Twitter and follow me at Kyle R Hodge, us at Two Versus Three, Cody at Lane Books. Greg at Greg underscore Moser 420. Is there anything else you guys want to plug? Um, Well, actually, it wasn't really a plug, but we haven't been on in a while. But uh, I made just like a little little moment for Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah, that Mm. did happen. What was your favorite movie he was in? Mine was definitely Twister. It was Twister. Uh, I went through a hard Twister phase uh, in my youth. I think I watched that movie more than like any movie. I know. Kid. Like yeah. I just played that VHS over, over and over and over again. Oh, it was so intense. Because like I was young, but and I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of intense movies. But yeah, I, it was versus nature. No, it was like, yeah, yeah, so it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. clean action. It's like a monster movie, but the weather was the monster. Yeah, uh, so it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Yeah, just a little moment for him, I guess. But yeah, that's all I had. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week. I'm Kyle. I'm Cody. I'm Greg. Have a good night.